Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. church. How are you second service? You guys are great this morning. You are so loud. This is why second service is like our favorite service all the time for real. I am Megan. My husband and I, Carrie, are the pastors here at the Movement Church. For those of you who are here with us for the first time, welcome. Um, I did forget to tell the church in first service why Pastor Carrie is not here today. And I think all of you guys need to know. So I'm just letting you know that about right now, like in the ne- right, right this minute, we should all bow our heads and say a prayer for Pastor Carrie because he is about to embark upon the Spartan race. Here's the real news. He didn't train at all. You guys. Actually, could you just pray for me? Because I've got to live with him when he comes home. So I'm just teasing. He's going to do awesome and going to kill it. But that's where he's at today. And I get the honor of being with you. A handful of people from our church are at the Spartan Race. And uh, when Shana, who plays keys for us and guitar sometimes, started recruiting everyone to join them, I said, stop it. Stop it right now. There need to be people at church on Sunday morning. So thank you, Second Service, for being here this morning with me. I'm so excited you're here. We're in the middle of a series called Next Steps. And this is week number four of our Next Step series, and it's all about God's plan and his purpose for you. And really, this series encompasses who we are as a church. So if you've missed any of it, can I challenge you to make sure you go online and you listen to the podcast and just catch up with what we've been talking about? Because a series is like a good book, right? And so you don't want to miss any of the previous chapters. So we're talking about God's plan and purpose for you, but also just who we are as a church. And honestly, this is a great setup for next Sunday. Who knows what's happening next Sunday, February 5th? Thank you all of you football fans in the room. Yes, the Super Bowl is happening next Sunday, February 5th, but I don't know if any of your teams are actually in it, so it doesn't really matter. I'm teasing. I'm I'm hurt personally since our team didn't make it to the Super Bowl this year. But the truth is, is that just as awesome and exciting as the Super Bowl is going to be next Sunday, we have the most incredible Sunday planned for you in church. So do not miss next Sunday. Sunday, February 5th is our Vision Sunday. And what that means is Pastor Carrie and I are going to be unpacking the vision for the Movement Church for 2017. And I'm telling you, this involves you. So you do not want to miss it. We will have you out of here on time. You can go home and make your cheese dip and your wings and your burgers and all those great things you're going to enjoy for the Super Bowl. But you've got to be here for first or second service because we're going to unpack the vision of what God has given us for the Movement Church in 2017 and you're a part of it. So do not miss that. And I'm going to tell you not to miss church again for one more thing. Are you ready for it? We like being at church on Sunday mornings. How about you? We really do. So Sunday, February 12th, 
There is going to be just some incredible pastors in the house with us. Some of Carrie's and my pastors, Pastor Philip and Holly Wagner, they serve on our board at the Movement Church. They travel and speak all over the, the world, really, and they have an incredible church in L.A. called Oasis Church. And honestly, they've been pastoring for over 30 years. They're a wealth of wisdom, and you do not want to miss what they have to say. So they're going to be here with us on February 12th. Pastor Philip has a word that you need. It's all about unlocking the God dream for your life. And so you have got to be here for that. That night is our movement night, and you're not going to want to miss it because Pastor Holly's going to be bringing some truth there. And I'm telling you, you you're going to really enjoy them. But even more than that, can I, just, can I just be family with you for a moment? Listen, we have been bragging about the Movement Church for four and a half years to Pastor Philip and Holly. Every time we see them, we tell them how incredible you are. You are a part of this. We're bragging and we're telling them how awesome the Movement Church is, how friendly you are. And so I just, I need you to be here on February 12th so you can help me show them how incredible you are. Can you do that with me? I would really love it. That would be awesome. Okay. Very cool. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and pray and let's jump into the word for today. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. God, I just thank you that no matter where we're at in our walk with you, God, you meet us right where we are. So God, for every person who walked in the room today, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would speak directly to each and every one of our hearts. God, open our minds and our ears to hear what you have to say our minds to conceive it. God, I just thank you for what you're doing in this church. God, I thank you for the great plans you have for the movement church here in South Orange County. God, we're just honored to be a part of your plan. So today, God, would you meet us right where we're at? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, for those of you who don't understand what that means, it's just, I agree. Amen, I agree, or yeah, something like that. Pastor Kerry says all the time, if you like what he's saying, if it's really, really good and profound, then you say, wow, try it. Wow. If you think that something I say is good and like you agree with it, say, yeah. yeah. Okay, if you don't like it, don't talk. <laughs> or laugh, I guess that will <laughs> be the same thing. Hey, listen, I'm really glad you're here today. I, I feel like I'm going to try to stay on track, but I've just got to tell you, I'm so proud of our worship team that just led us in worship. When you walk, I mean, come on, can we give them a great big hand clap? I'm so grateful for a team um, who not only prepares songs and prepares music, but prays and trusts that God's going to show up in this place. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I love worship because it's just this moment where we personally get to engage with God because he, he loves us. And, and so I love it. And I'm so proud of our team. We're getting ready to release an EP with, I think, six songs. Might be seven. I could be saying it wrong. And I'm just so proud of them. Songs that were written for this house. And so you're going to get to be a part of that. We'll tell you more about it later. But uh, enough announcements for me. Let me jump into this message. You know, Pastor Kerry has been unpacking this series for the past three weeks with you. This Next Step series. And we have been talking about the promises of God for you and for me. We're talking about what the Jewish culture refers to as the four I wills. 
Okay, these are promises of God for your life and my life. And we find this all throughout Scripture. We find these promises repeated all throughout Scripture. But specifically today, we're going to be taking these promises from the book of Exodus. When, when God first gave these promises to the people, to a nation of Israel. And they had been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. And they'd been desperately like hoping that something was going to change. And so God intervenes in this situation, and he gives the Israelites these four promises. And in the Jewish culture, they celebrate these promises during a time called Passover, where they come together and they reflect on what God has done, and really the promises of what he will continue to do. And they drink a cup of wine, there's four of them, for each of the promises of God, and recite those promises. Why? Because we've got to learn not to forget what God says he's going to do. Amen? As Christians, we celebrate this during Easter. But, but what I want to encourage you today is that God has a promise that wasn't just for the Israelites 400 years that were in slavery for 400 years. The promise of God is available for you and me today. And we may not be in physical slavery, but many of us are slaves to our bad habits, to our hurts and hang-ups and addictions, to unforgiveness, our bitterness. And the promise of God is that he wants to set you free. And there's four promises that we're going to begin to unpack. And every single one of us needs to know these promises because all of us are on a spiritual journey, right? So it doesn't matter where you're at today or where you stand in your faith. Maybe you just walked through the doors of church going, I don't really know where I stand with my faith. I'm just kind of checking things out. Hey, permission to belong before you believe. But no matter who you are or where you're at in this faith journey, all of us, all of us have a spirit. And all of us have a longing deep inside of us to know what is next. Why on earth am I here? Every single one of us. And so God unpacks these promises for you and for me, and every single one of them is available to us. If you're following along, you can text the word notes, I think, to the number they're going to put on the screen. I did this last time, too. I forgot to tell you earlier. This number isn't just a joke, you guys. I've, I've had a few conversations with people that are like, how do I get information about what's happening? And I'm like, text the number. It's a real thing. We really will send you everything you need. So this number, you can save it for the Movement Church, and it will help you get all the information you could possibly ever need to know. But you can text notes right now if you want to follow along. We're in the book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. And we're going to be reading these four I wills, these I will promises that God makes to you and to me. And it starts out like this in verse chapter six. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will, you hear that first promise? I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So that first promise that God makes is he's saying, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. You see, God wants to rescue us from our current condition. God wants to rescue us from our current condition. He wants to know you. And this happens in a moment. This is, this is what we would call salvation. This is the moment, the free gift of God. There is nothing that we can do to earn this. This happens in a moment where God says, I'm going to pull you out of the current situation you're in, and I'm going to set you on the trajectory that I created you for, to be in relationship with him. So that first promise is that God wants to know you. 
The second thing he says, I will free you from being slaves to them. Well, that could be kind of confusing, but if you've been here the past few weeks, you heard Pastor Kerry unpack this. He's saying, not only am I going to bring you out of Egypt, but I will free you from being slaves to them. What he's saying is that, that you may be out of Egypt physically, but there's still a little bit of Egypt in you. And as Christians, as Christ followers, we can know God in a moment. It's the gift of salvation. It's the free gift of God. But so many of us as Christ followers, we just stay right there still struggling with the same habits, the same hang-ups, the same addictions, the same fears, the same unforgiveness, the same bitterness, and we just stay in this place. But God's saying, no, I have more for you. Not only do I want to know you, but I want to bring freedom to all of those things that you've been struggling with. I told the first service like this, these promises from God, I see them as like Four giant silver boxes with silver bows, kind of like the Nordstrom packaging. Everybody likes Nordstrom. Can I get an amen? I mean, come on. And I just see like God lining up these packages, these four promises, big silver boxes with silver bows. And he's saying every single one of them is for you. But so many of us as Christ followers, we stop with the first one. I know God. But we, we walk away from the other three. So good. When really the next thing God has for us is he's saying, I want to free you from the things that you're struggling with, from the issues and hangups. And then the third promise he makes, he says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. You know, Pastor Kerry preached about this last week, and he said, he, he preached on the I will redeem you. And to redeem means to restore to an original intent. Hey, listen, God has a plan for your life. Before you were born, when you were just being created in your mother's womb, God had a plan for you. He knew exactly who he was creating you to be. With your personality, your talents, your passion, God had a plan for you. And he wants to set you on the trajectory that he has for you. That's why he says redeem, to restore you to his original intent for your life, to change us for the better, to help us discover purpose. And verse 7, the fourth promise says, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. You see, the first three promises are all for the individual. They're all for us as the individual. But that fourth promise, now God groups you. You see, God never fulfills his best in a single individual. He always fulfills his best in a group. And if you have never been a part of a group of people who are committed to making a difference, you have not lived. I'm telling you, this is ultimate fulfillment. And this is the promise that we're going to talk about today. Because God says, then you will know that I am the Lord. Hey, what it's saying is then when you've had accomplished all three of these promises, all, all, and you get to the fourth step, then you will know that I am the Lord. Why? He's saying, then you'll know what it is to be a Christian. Then you'll experience ultimate fulfillment. And these four promises of God for you and for me are promises that we at the Movement Church are committed to helping you get to. And we call this our next steps, helping each of us take our next step. And at the Movement Church, we, we were doing this before we even knew we were doing this, creating opportunities for people to know God, 
find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. We were doing this before we even knew we were. But that first promise that God has where he's saying, I want to know you. Hey, listen, we want you to know God. That is why we create a Sunday weekend service every single week so that anyone who walks through the doors of this church can encounter the presence of God and know him. To know that he's real, to know that he wants relationship with you and me, we want to make sure that people know God. That's why we have a weekend service. In fact, when you come to the Welcome to Church party, which hopefully you're coming to, if you haven't been yet, February 12th, shameless plug, you got to be here after second service. But listen, when you come to the Welcome to Church party, we talk about this. Because Sunday mornings, it's not just about us. It's not just about me. Now, hopefully, I'm going to come in on a Sunday morning and encounter the presence of God and take away something from the message. But Sunday morning, it's all about knowing God. We exist for the one who's far from God to find life in Christ and life in the church. We want you to know God. Number two, the second promise, the second step, is that we want you to find freedom. Hey, Pastor Kerry talked about this. Life change happens in the context of relationships. You see, with people, when we're willing to be real with people, this is where we can actually deal with our issues. The Bible says that forgiveness comes from Jesus, but it says confess your sins one to another, and then you will find healing. Hey, healing comes when you get involved with a group of people who help you to deal with those hurts and hangups and issues, right? And we do this at the Movement Church, hey, guess what? Through connect groups. And you're in luck because today, right after service, right outside of those doors, we are going to have every connect group that is about to start. And you can check them all out. You can go and see which one could I possibly be a part of. If you, if you talk to a few people and you're thinking, no, you're kind of weird, there's going to be other people you can talk to as well. We do have weird people at the Movement Church and we love them. So there are lots of groups and lots of opportunities for you to get plugged in and involved. But listen, this is where you find freedom. This is where you build authentic relationships and community. The third one is discover purpose. We want you to know why on earth am I here? What was I made for? What is my next step? Hey, listen, God created you with purpose. And at the Movement Church, we want to help you find this. We do this through our next step finder. Like Pastor Kerry talked about last week, I think they'll put something up here that says text next steps. And if you text next steps, we'll send you a link to our next step finder. And in just a couple minutes, you can identify what your next step looks like. You can take a, a personality test and a spiritual giftings test to discover what on earth am I here for? We want you to discover purpose. But the fourth promise is what I get to talk about today. We want you to make a difference. You were created to make a difference. This is what you were made for, but not just on your own, in a group of people. And we do this at the Movement Church through our dream team. Can I get a what what for our dream team? <laughs> Seriously, there's an army of men and women and teenagers and children that every week or every other week are part of helping build the church. Being a part of a group that's making a difference. This happens through our dream team. And here and only here in this fourth promise is where we find ultimate fulfillment. Because God always intended for you to live a life of fulfillment. 
But so many people settle for less than God's best. So many people settle for less than God's best. And as a church, our hope is to help you discover what is God's best. We want you to walk in all four of God's promises. That's why we say, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We want you to walk in all four of God's promises and not settle for anything less. But so many of us settle for an unlived life, a life lacking in fulfillment. And I have to ask, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? I think so much of this is encompassed in the book of John, verse 10, 10. And this says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give life and life in its fullness. What's that saying? There is a real devil. And just as much as God has a plan and purpose for your life, the devil has a plan for your life as well. And if you don't know what it is, it's right here. The thief's purpose is to steal the promises of God over your life to steal your purpose and your direction, to kill any hope that you have for the future, to destroy your relationships and your family. That is his purpose. But what does God say? No, no, no. That may be his purpose, but my purpose is to give you life and life to its fullness. So why do we settle for less? I think number one, we settle for less because we let our past cripple us. I think so many of us let our past cripple us We go through life looking in the rearview mirror instead of looking right in front of us. We still feel defined by our past hurts, regret, shame. I think so many of us are so struggling with looking at where we came from that we can't see where God wants us to go. You know, even during worship today, I was watching our worship team just lead us in worship and just just remembering God's grace is so overly sufficient for you and for me. He's not concerned with your yesterday. We get concerned with our yesterday. He's not concerned with your yesterday. He's got a great future in front of you. But maybe you struggle with looking in your past and it cripples you from experiencing God's ultimate fulfillment for your life. You know, every week when I have to write a message, when I get up to share something, I struggle with feeling inadequate. I struggle with feeling like what I'm going to say might not matter. People might just stare at me and not even care. I struggle with this like feeling of inadequacy or insecurity. And I have to remind myself, no, it doesn't matter where I've been. It matters where I'm going. And I've got to do what God calls me to do. And we've got to grasp this. Psalm 38, 4 and 6 says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought low. And I got to tell you, maybe you can relate with that feeling. Maybe the enemy has just wanted to bring you down low to make you feel like you can't go forward, to make you feel like you've got too much junk in your past and there's no way that you're going to be able to do the things God has for you to do. And I'm telling you, that is a lie. And we solve this through step number two, promise number two, freedom. And this happens in relationships. We shut the door on our yesterdays and we look forward into what God has for us in the future. But that's one thing that can hold us back from ultimate fulfillment. I think another thing that holds us back is that we let culture define us, don't we? Every single one of us is running some kind of playbook for our life. You know, in football, they have a playbook in it, and it describes the, the plays that are going to happen out on the field. 
and they decide which plays they're going to follow for the specific game, and the coach is calling out directions, right? Each one of us is following some kind of a playbook for our life. But is it God's playbook? Are you following God's playbook for your life? If not, which one are you living out? Either it's just the enemies, and we know what his plan is, to steal, kill, and destroy, and you're just falling for every trap he sets in front of you, and you're just falling for his plan, or is it possible that you've been lured away to a counterfeit plan, to one that you thought might make you happy? Maybe not God's best for you, but culture made it look good. A great career, the right kind of family, money, fame, relationship. Sometimes we fall for a counterfeit that we think might make us happy, and usually this happens when we're trying to please men and not please God. We succumb to the pressure of culture. Galatians 1.10 says this, Am I now trying to win the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. You see, we've got to work to not let culture define our lives. I want to experience all that God has planned for my life. And that is going to look like discovering purpose. Step number three. And we do this through our next step finder, right? So take your next step. What does that look like for you? The third thing I think that keeps us from experiencing the fullness that God has for us is we try to do it alone. We try to do it alone. I think this happens all over the nation, but I have to say, I feel like in Orange County, we've gotten really great about putting on a face and acting like everything's okay and that we're strong enough to do things by ourselves. I just think we've gotten great at it. You know, somebody says, how are you doing? And life may be in shambles, but we wouldn't want anybody to know that. So we smile and say, great, I'm doing great. Because we've gotten used to doing things on our own. But we were never made to do things on our own. In fact, that's a surefire way to make sure you don't live a fulfilled life. Why would you try to do it alone? I think the reason we try to do it alone is because we've tried it with people and they're a pain, right? (laughs) People can be a pain. But you got to realize what the enemy's up to. Maybe you've had problems in relationships in the past. Maybe you've been let down by a spouse or a good friend. But listen, it wasn't just that one situation that the enemy was after. He was trying to destroy your trust in people. He was trying to destroy your willingness to ever open up your life to anyone ever again. It wasn't just that one situation you walked through. The enemy had a plan to use it to keep you from fulfilling purpose, to keep you from experiencing all God has for us. Ecclesiastes 4.8 says there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother, and there was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. What that implies is that this man was wealthy. He had things, so to speak, but he was constantly toiling. What does that mean? Striving. It means having to keep trying for more, trying for more. There was no fulfillment because he was alone. I want you to know that step number four deals with this one. You and you and you and me, we were created to make a difference. We are created to make a difference. You know, in the Jewish culture, when they're going through the Passover and they're reciting these promises and they're drinking from the cup of wine, each cup of wine has a name. And this fourth one, this fourth promise has the name, the cup of fulfillment or the cup of praise. Now, I like to argue that that's because they're on their fourth cup of wine by then. However... (laughs) 
What it really means is that this, this promise, this final promise is ultimate fulfillment and God wants us to experience that. It's also known as the Hallel. In the Hebrew, that means celebrate. It's where we get the word hallelujah. Yah is God and Hallel is celebrate. Celebrate God. We think of this as a worship moment. Living a Hallel life, though, it means living a life of celebration. It does not mean your life is perfect. It does not mean every situation that you're walking through is good. It just means I'm living a life of celebration, a full life that has meaning to it. Why? Because I'm making a difference. I'm making a difference. In the last few minutes I have with you today, I just want to break down this promise for you and for me. Because living anything less than this is not living a full life. So verse 7, when it says, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. That first part, I will take you as my own people. Hey, listen to me. If you're going to live a Hallel life, a life of celebration, a life of fulfillment, then you have got to find a family. You have got to find a church family to be a part of where you dig your roots down deep. Pastor Kerry talked about this. We can't be the kind of people who have one foot in here and one foot in here and one foot in here. No, we got to plant ourselves in a family so that we can let our roots grow deep and we can experience the fullness that God has for us. We got to be a part of a team because if we walk out promise number three where God says, discover your purpose and we identify, this is what I was created for. This is what I was made for. The Bible talks about our purpose. It describes what God had created us for, kind of like part of the body, right? And if I am a hand, then I need an arm. If I'm a foot, I need a leg, right? So I've got to find a team to be a part of. And then the scripture says, it goes on, and I will be your God. What's it saying? It's saying God now steps into your life and partners with you to take what you have learned and the group you are a part of and to do something that matters on the planet, right? And then and only then will you find the true meaning of life. Then and only then. And I know you look at me and you go, oh, you're a pastor. That's kind of what you're supposed to say, right? I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. But no, you are called by God. And here is where we get to experience ultimate fulfillment. And I got to tell you, you don't just have to take my word for it. If any of you went to college, you probably heard of something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. He was a sociologist and a psychologist in 1943, and he studied human behavior. So as he studied human behavior, he determined that there are eight different needs that we have intrinsically as humans. Every human across the planet has these eight needs, and he determined these. The first four are this. Number one is physical needs. Physical needs to to eat food, to drink water, to wear clothes for some of us. Some of us don't like that. (laughs) To have a roof over our head, right? That's the first need. The second one, safety needs. This is why we lock our doors. This is why we have alarms on our cars or in our houses. Safety needs. The third one is love needs. Every one of us intrinsically as a human has a desire to be loved, to be known. The fourth one is esteem needs. 
Every one of us as a human has a desire to be esteemed. It's like me saying, Lexi, your hair looks great today, right? Or it's like me looking out and going, Judy, I love it when you lead worship. You're such an incredible worship leader. It's building up our esteem. Those are just the basic needs. It's called deficiency needs. And we need these to survive, just to survive. But then he went on to unpack the next three known as fulfillment needs. And this is why you're on the planet. And the first one is we all have cognitive needs. It's a need to understand things. It's the reason that we like the History Channel or Animal Planet. It's the reason we ask questions about how things work. It's the reason if you have kids, they ask you nonstop about everything, right? Cognitive needs. The next one is aesthetic needs. We have a need for things to be beautiful. It's why we like beaches and mountains and rivers. It's why we spend good money to decorate our homes, right? Aesthetic needs. The next one is self-actualization needs. And this is a need to fulfill our potential. And you know Maslow thought that it stopped right here. In fact, this is where he landed, the need to fulfill our potential. But if sociologists and psychologists continue to study the human behavior, they found, no, there is one more need that is intrinsic to every single one of us. There's something greater than you just meeting your own potential. People have a need to take that potential and to leave a legacy. And they call this transcendence needs, living a life that's beyond yourself. So when God says, I'll take you, and I'll make you a people, and I'll get involved too. God's saying, I've got something for you that is beyond you. I want to put you in a place with a group of people doing something that's eternal, and I'll jump right in the middle of it, and I'll put my blessing on it. I like to say it like this, ultimate fulfillment comes when you are part of a family and making a difference because God is on your side. And all of the steps lead to this one. And I got to tell you, Movement Church, I don't want you to settle for anything less than God's best for your life. I don't want you to settle for anything less than ultimate fulfillment. And ultimate fulfillment, one, begins with a calling. I want you to look at a neighbor and say, I'm called. Okay, we're going to try this again like you actually like some of the people sitting around you loudly. Look at somebody and say, I'm called. called. That was good, second service. I'm called. Listen, ultimate fulfillment begins with a calling, recognizing that you are called by God. You are called by God. It's not just for pastors. It's for everybody. You're called by God. 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, God saved us and then called us to this holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. Hey, listen, you are called. You're called. You're called to make a difference with your life. You know, people lose their way when they lose their why. People lose their way when they lose their why. That's why there's so many people searching everywhere for fulfillment. Whether it's in money or in things or in people and relationships, we lose our way when we lose our why. You are called by God to make a difference. Ultimate fulfillment starts with a calling. It stands on a cause, number two. It stands on a cause. Listen, you are called to make an eternal difference. You are called to make an eternal difference. 
Acts 20, 24 says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. You are called and there is a cause to stand on. And what this is saying is that it's an eternal cause. Hey, listen, we get so concerned and caught up with wanting to have the perfect job or make the exact amount of money that we need or have the right amount of funds in our IRA or have my family put together to where it looks like everything is okay. Or maybe I just want to be famous and use my talents. Hey, listen, I'm not saying any of those things are bad. None of those things are wrong. But what I am saying is use your job to make an eternal difference. The place where God has placed you, the job that you're in, What can you do in that position right now to make an eternal difference? Who can you be talking to, sharing your story with? Use your house. Maybe you have the dream house, and I'm not saying don't have the dream house. I'm saying use your house to make an eternal difference. Maybe you need to host a connect group and open up your doors so that people can come in and find freedom. Use your talents. Don't just keep them to yourself. Use them to make an eternal difference. This is what it's all about. At the end of it all, when we stand before Jesus, all that matters is people and heaven. People and heaven. People and heaven. We're not going to give an account for all the money we made. We're not going to give account for the job that we had. We're not going to give an account for for the great house that we were able to buy. We're going to give an account for how we used it to make an eternal difference. People and heaven. People and heaven. And the third thing we need to know to experience ultimate fulfillment is it has got to spread from me to we. It's got to spread from me to we. Hey guys, we can't do it alone. We are not created to do it alone. We gotta get connected. We can do a little bit by ourselves. But we can do so much more together. And at the Movement Church, we do this through our dream team. If you want to make a difference, we've got to do it with people who are making a difference. And at the Movement Church, listen, we exist for the one who's far from God. To find life in Christ and life in the church, we are making a difference in South Orange County. Listen, a couple weeks ago, we had 17 people in one service say yes to Jesus. Over the course of time, and I may give the wrong numbers, I want to say it's in the 700s now, is that right? 700 people that have said yes to Jesus. We are making a difference. And this church is not going anywhere because we are committed to making a mark in South Orange County and making a difference. And if you haven't gotten connected yet to the Dream Team, you are missing out on the fulfillment that God has for you. And this is not a sales pitch. This is not because we need you. We don't want to get something from you. I want to get something to you. This is the fourth promise that God has. This is ultimate fulfillment. This is where you find it. When you attach your purpose to a group of people making a difference. This is where it happens. You know, this morning, we had sixth grade boys here at 5.45 a.m. helping set up this church. Not because their parents made them. Not because they did something stupid and they got grounded. No, they said, please, can I go set up the church? This morning, my daughter Avery took her Uggs and she set them by the front door. And I said, babe, those do not match your outfit. 
And she goes, I gotta have shoes to change into so I can tear down the church. Not because her dad and I are the pastors, not because we make them serve. No, because they caught this idea that when you're a part of a group of people doing something with your life to make a difference, right there is ultimate fulfillment. And you may have all sorts of stuff going on in your world and it may be, there may be some hard times, but hey, why not get together with a group of people who are gonna encourage you in the process and at the same time, use your life to make a difference? Across the courtyard right now, there's men and women teaching our kids, investing in their lives, making a difference. Last week when it was pouring rain, there was men out in bright yellow vests with umbrellas in the parking lot helping you get from your car to the inside when it was pouring rain. Why? Because they like to dance in the rain? No, because they're making a difference. They're saying, this is a part that I can play. This is something that I can do. And I got to encourage you, church, this is who we are. If you want to go to a church where you know that there will be a seat for you, if you want to go to a church where where maybe you can have somebody pray for you every now and then when you feel like you need it. If you want to be a part of a church that's just going to make you feel better, then great. We'll do our best. But I got to tell you, this might not be the church for you because we are a church that exists to make a difference. We exist to make a difference doing something that makes a difference with people who want to make a difference. It's why we're here. It's why we're on the planet. It's why you're on the planet. You just may not know it yet. The gifts that God has placed inside of you, God wants to help bring to life and it's gonna happen in a group of people. So I gotta tell you, this is not a shameless plug for our dream team. This is me saying this is the fourth promise of God. And if you haven't gotten plugged in to a group of people, if you haven't linked arms yet, text the word dream team to our number. Don't go through another Sunday Just look at those Nordstrom boxes that are on the stage. Why would you only take three of them? Why would you not get to the final package and go, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. God wants you to experience ultimate fulfillment. John 15, 11 says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Listen, God's promise for your life is fulfillment. He wants you to live a full life. He wants you to know God, to know who he is, to encounter his presence at work in your life. He wants you to find freedom so you don't have to deal with the old past, the hurts, the hangups, the addictions. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to discover purpose because it's what you were made for. But the fourth promise is he wants you to make a difference, an eternal difference something that matters. And at the Movement Church, that's what we're committed to. In fact, if you join us next Sunday for Vision Sunday, you're going to hear all about it, what we're committed to as a church, because we're dreaming big and we're running hard because there is a county that needs to know that there is hope that is found in Jesus. And we're not going to stop till all have heard. We're not going to stop till all have heard. And I think that you're supposed to be a part of it. So what might God be asking you to do? Text the word dream team to our number. Come to the welcome to church party. We'll unpack our story and help you know what you can do to take your next step. But please don't miss all that God has for you. Don't miss it. We want God's ultimate best for your life. 
So we're going to know God. We're going to find freedom. We're going to discover purpose. And church, we are going to make a difference. We're going to. Let me talk to those of you as I close out. Let me talk to those of you who maybe are in the room today. And maybe it's your first time in church in a long time. Maybe you've even felt a little bit like overwhelmed. But I would dare to say that you've probably also felt your heart beat a little bit faster. Because there is a God in heaven who wants to know you. And I don't think it's an accident you're here. There's a God in heaven who wants to know you personally. And he doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care where you've been. He doesn't care what any of that looks like. All he cares about is today and what he's got ahead of you. So can I encourage you? If you're here today and you've never made a decision to surrender your life to Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. And I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Maybe you're here and you've just been running from God, doing your own thing, your own way. And maybe today God's just reminding you, come on, I've got a plan for you. Could you walk out my playbook for your life? And if you're here today and you need to make a decision to say, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. I want to know you. Or maybe, God, I need to come back to you. I'm going to ask everyone in the room right now, would you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to ask you to get out of your seat. I'm not even going to ask you to pray out loud. What I am going to ask you to do is to listen to what God might be saying to you. And if you're here today and you've never made a decision to know God, to surrender your life to him, it happens in a moment. It's a simple prayer, really, of surrender. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and if that's you, would you just pray it with me in your own heart and in your own minds? Dear God, I know that you're real. I, I've made so many mistakes. I know I've been running in the opposite direction. But God, I know you sent your son Jesus to pay for my sin and to give me a way to have relationship with you. So today, God, I choose to stop running I choose to stop resisting, and today I give you my life. And all around the room, if that's you, say these simple words in your own heart. Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at the ocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.